Welcome to the Lifehouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging and life-giving. Be blessed. Oh, thank you, Janine. What a story of God's faithfulness, hey? That's amazing. Well, how are we going this morning, Lifehouse? Thank you, Brooke. We're doing good? Yes, been loving the, the Vision series. Has there been anyone who's managed to be in the house of both of them so far? Three of them, sorry. Wow. Nice work. Hello to everyone online as well. All those in ISO. Hope you're doing okay. Uh, it's been, it's been good. I've been loving it. Um, we've got one more week after this with Pastor Danny, of course, so make sure you come along to that. But the theme for the year has really been exciting me, and I hope it's been exciting you as well. It's favour and grace. And so the key verse, we're going to start off by reading that this morning from Luke 4, 17 to 21. It says, uh, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, being Jesus, and unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And then he sits down and says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And here we find out from Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our forerunner, what his mission and purpose is. And he, he explains it so clearly. It's about freedom and setting people free, proclaiming good news to, to, um, to see recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim a year of the Lord's favour and grace. And so this year, vision for Lifehouse is simple. It's the same as the vision that Jesus had when he was here. It's to see and to have a year of favour and grace, and I think that is something to get excited about, that we're, we're running after the same thing that Jesus ran after. We're walking to the same beat that Jesus walked to, proclaiming a year of favour and grace. Before I started preparing the sermon, I was praying and I was seeking God and saying, Lord, what is it that, that we need to hear as a congregation? What is it that might be sitting on our hearts this morning? And I actually really felt, and of course, you know, there's a verse that say we prophesy in part, we hear in part, but I, I really, really felt that God was putting on my heart that there are people who are feeling forgotten. Instead of feeling favoured, that there are many of us who are feeling forgotten, looked over, alone. And I think, of course, in an age of isolation, that feeling is really aggravated if you're home for seven plus days by yourself, you can be wondering, have people forgotten about me? The world is still moving on and here I am sitting in my bedroom. Have, have people remembered that I'm around? But I don't think we can give COVID all the credit. I do think that there is something within us, a lot of us, where we can feel like we have been forgotten, maybe forgotten by God, forgotten by people. There are times, I'm sure, when you have to soak so much of your time into your children that you feel like you have no time for anyone else and you wonder whether people even notice or whether they even care. Or when the pressures of work weigh up but you're feeling like you're giving everything 
without acknowledgement or appreciation, you're feeling forgotten. Maybe you see friends hanging out on social media or something that you weren't invited to and it makes you feel unwanted or forsaken, as the Bible puts it. Again, you might compare where you're at, the job that you have, the family that you have, the achievements that you've made with someone else that you deem to be really successful and and, and then you look at yourself and you feel like you've been left behind and kind of forgotten in the grand scheme of things. Maybe you feel forgotten when you expect a friend or a pastor or someone to contact you and check in on you or invite you around or something and then they never seem to do it. You could even feel like God has given you a promise, something that you've held on to. But right now, you look at where you are and you, you're like, this is not it. Has God forgotten about me? Has, forgot, has he forgotten what he's said? Has he forgotten that I'm still around? You might be suffering with a health condition and you've prayed and prayed for God to heal you. And yet, you're still struggling with that. Maybe you've been asking God for a financial miracle or for someone in your family to get saved and to sober up, but nothing has changed. All of these things can leave us feeling forgotten, feeling maybe alone and looked over, forgotten by people or forgotten by God. But our prayer this morning is that every single person walks out of this building knowing that you are favoured and not forgotten. That you are favoured and not forgotten. Turn to somebody next to you and say, you are favoured, not forgotten. spider that's a big one I was like what are you what are you pointing at it's really big I won't pick it up because it's a bit squishy oh it's still moving anyway we are favored and that spider is forgotten you are favored you are forgotten all right So anyway, this morning, rather than looking at the spider, we're going to be looking into the Word of God to hear His truths over our life, that we are favoured and not forgotten. I pray this morning that each of us understand God's love for us, that it's everlasting, it's it's true, it's life-changing. And I pray that it changes some of our lives, maybe all of our lives here this morning. Let's pray. Father God... We thank you that that spider is dead. Um, And we thank you, Lord, that you are alive. (laughs) And that we are alive, Lord. That you have gathered us here this morning for a purpose. And this morning, Father, I just pray that we, your people, don't just hear and understand. But Lord, I pray that we believe and accept your truth 
over us, Lord. I pray that it will sink so deep into our hearts this morning that we walk away carrying your truth, not carrying burdens, not carrying lies, not carrying fear, but Lord, carrying the truth that we are favoured by you, that we walk in favour and grace of our God. So Lord, come and have your way. We want to hear from you this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Last week, Pastor Mark shared on what he favours, which other than Holly is magnum egos. Did anyone try one? Yeah, what did you think? I didn't love it, but it's okay because you favour them, Mark. That's good. Brock tried one. It's all right. <laughs> but it's, he was speaking about how God favours us, the way that Mark looks at a, a magnum ego, God looks at us like that. And you know, even more so, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, it's such a beautiful thing to know that you are favoured, to know that you are loved. And honestly, I'm loving being in love. Brock and I are so excited to get married. And it's just so nice knowing that I've got someone who's never going to forget me, right? <laughs> right? (laughs) It's one thing I've learned about men. They are really good at remembering. Yeah. Amen from all the ladies. (laughs) Anyway, let me me back up a little bit. So, Brock, um, we, you know, we go driving around. Yes, makes sense. Um, And one of these times, um, we were on holidays with a few friends and Brock had jumped in the car, you know, shut the door, as you do, buckled up and um, thought, cool, going to start reversing. Little did he remember that there was poor old Seb half stuck in the car and half stuck out of the car. His foot was literally like jammed underneath the seat and Brock just starts reversing and he starts hopping and he's like, this is funny, Brock. And then Brock keeps going faster, still not realising Seb is half out the car. This point, Seb is literally hopping for his life, like slapping on the bonnet. Stop, stop. And we're screaming at Brock, stop. And anyway, Seb gets in the car. He doesn't break an ankle. It was a little bit funny. And I was sitting there in the front seat thinking, oh, this is hilarious, you know. Brock, I mean, it's not good, but Brock, you know, he, he forgot about Seb, you know. And um, that's really unfortunate. You better get better at that. But at least I'm in the car, right? Then, fast forward maybe a couple of months, we were driving around with Josh and Belle and Brock forgot that Josh and Belle were getting in the car and he did the same thing, starts reversing. Again, I was in the front seat, all good. You know where this is going? It's all fine. And I'm like, oh, I'm his fiancé. You know, I'm his chosen. I'm favoured by Brock. Like, he, he remembers me. And then, honestly, what was it? Like a month ago or something, we were going to drive somewhere, Brock again gets in the car, seatbelt on, shuts the door, starts driving off. I'm hanging out the car and I'm like, wow, this honeymoon period has finished really quickly, hasn't it? He's already forgotten about me. It's all right, Brock. I'm not holding a grudge. I do forgive you. But he forgot me already. It's all right, I didn't break anything. Got in the car. Anyway, I felt a little bit forgotten. Just a, just a little bit. And I'm wondering this morning if you've ever felt forgotten. 
If you've ever felt like you've been left behind. This morning, we're going to look at a time when the Israelites had this same feeling. They were the favoured chosen ones, as I am to Brock. They were to God. They were His chosen people. That He, he, he loves He loves them all, pretty well. All of um, the Old Testament focuses on the story of the Israelites as God's chosen people. But there was a point when they felt forgotten. And the reason they felt this is because they had been captured and taken off by the Babylonians. Their land was, was um, completely destroyed. Their homes burnt down. Their walls burnt down. They, their families were split apart and carried off. Many people died. This, this left them, of course, you know, feeling forgotten. And so we're going to go on a journey this morning with these people and all the feelings that they felt at this time. So to begin, we're going to jump into Jeremiah, um, and he's got a really interesting perspective because he's a prophet, which is someone who hears the word from God and delivers it to the people. But the word that he was delivering was the prophecy about the Babylonians coming and capturing Jerusalem, capturing the Israelites. And so they were like, we don't want to hear this, Jeremiah. We want to hear some positivity, okay? So you can go to jail. So they chucked him in jail. Um, But of course, what he was prophesying came to be. It was what God was actually orchestrating for the people of Israelites at this time. Would you believe it? And so the Babylonians came and they captured the people. And as Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king of the Babylonians, was coming in to capture these people, they still ran to Jeremiah and said, please beg to God and and ask him to turn away from this thing that he's decreed that he's going to do. And this is a little sample of what God's response is spoken through Jeremiah in Jeremiah 21 verse 5. God says, I myself will fight against you with an outstretched hand and a mighty arm and furious anger and great wrath. Wow. Not very encouraging, hey. We find out a bit more why here in Jeremiah 25. It says, for 23 years from, that's I think how old I am. That's a long time. Am I 23 I think so. That's right. God knows. From the 13th year of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, until this very day, the word of the Lord has come to me and I have spoken to you again and again and again and again, but you have not listened. And though the Lord has sent all these servants, the prophets, to you again and again, you have not listened or paid any attention. They said, turn now, each of you, from your evil ways and your evil practices, and you can stay in the land the Lord gave to you and your ancestors forever and ever. Do not follow the other gods to serve and worship them. Do not arouse my anger but with what your hands have made. Then I will not harm you. But you did not listen to me declares the Lord, and you have aroused my anger with what your hands have made, and you have brought harm to yourselves. God gave them chance after chance. But get this this morning, he loved them too much to let them continue in this pattern that they were living. He loved them too much to see them falling away from him and out of his arms. So he knew he needed to do something drastic, right, to bring them back to him. God goes to great lengths to show us his love and to grow us as his children. But who knows 
It doesn't always look like what we are expecting. Hebrews 12, 5 to 6 says, My son, do not make light the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the ones he loves, not the ones he's frustrated at, not the ones he hates, not the ones that he's angry at. The Lord disciplines the ones he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. The word chastens, I probably shouldn't even share it. It's pretty full on. It, it's derived from a word that means whip, to flog or calamity sent by God to discipline. Again, this is not comfortable to hear, is it? But we can take comfort, however, knowing that when we are rebuked, it's because God loves us enough to discipline us and that he accepts us as his son. If we are experiencing, if you are experiencing something that feels like discipline or correction, it can feel as though you are forgotten. It can feel as though you are unloved. But is that the truth? It was not the truth for the Israelites and it is not the truth for you, not at all. If you are feeling forgotten, I think it's less of a sign that God has forgotten you and more of a sign that you've forgotten something. Let's back up and read. We just read Hebrews 5 to 6. Let's read Hebrews 4. It says, In your struggle against sin, have you not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood? And have you completely forgotten the word of encouragement? Have you completely forgotten the word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, my son, it goes on. Have you completely forgotten the word of encouragement? When we are feeling forgotten, it's because we have forgotten. We have forgotten that we are loved, that we are accepted as Christ's son, as God's son, accepted the same way that he accepts his son, Jesus Christ. When you are feeling forgotten, it's because we have forgotten that we are favoured and not forgotten. Did you get that? I might say it again. If you're feeling forgotten, it's because you have forgotten that you are favoured and not forgotten. God had not, he could not forget his chosen people. Unlike Brock. <laughs> Sorry, Brock, I do forgive you. These people were God's most loved. His children, the Israelites, whom, you know, they had been scattered and torn apart. And even though they were taken away from their land, they had not been taken out of God's heart. They had not for one second been taken out of God's mind. You know, there's a really famous Christian verse that you might have heard of before. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. And we're going to read that because the context of that verse 
it finds itself right here in the midst of these Israelites being taken out of their homeland into captivity. That is where this verse finds its home. This verse was written for the Israelites. So we're going to read it and a little bit before and after it as well. It's Jeremiah, the guy in prison, the uh, prophet in prison. This is what the Lord says, when 70 years, now that's a long time. No, it's not too long. If you're 70 years, that's young, isn't it? Um, are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. And this is the verse. If you haven't heard it before, you can hear it now. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Right? Even though God was the one who carried the people into exile, it was simply a means for an end. For really, His plans were to prosper and not to harm. But it did not feel like it in the moment. For those Israelites, all they could see was harm. All they could see was captivity and their homes burned. That's all that they could see. Yet it didn't mean that that was the truth. It didn't mean that that's what God had in store for them. Just because you can't see it, just because you can't feel it, just because you can't make sense of it doesn't mean that it's not true. God was reminding them, you are favoured and not forgotten. This word went out to all the survivors, it says in, in the verses beforehand. And in case this wasn't enough for the people of Israel, another one of the big gun prophets, Isaiah, also was prophesying at this same time and declaring the promises of God. You might get sick of the Bible, but, you know, the Bible is full of truth and I'm going to be reading a lot of it this morning, so kind of buckle in. It's, the Bible says that, you know, the Word of God cuts between, um, what is that verse? It cuts between bone and marrow. It gets right into where we need it. And so it is so important to be reading from it. So we're going to read it. And it's titled, The Restoration of Israel. Isaiah 49, thus says the Lord, in a time of favour, that is our key word, in a time of favour, I have answered you. In a day of salvation, I have helped you. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people to establish the land, to apportion the desolate heritages, saying to the prisoners, come out, and to those who are in darkness, appear. They shall not hunger or thirst, neither scorching wind nor shun, shun shall strike them. For he who has pity on them, I need to read it from here, it's hard. He who has pity on them will lead them, and by springs of water will guide them. Jumping to verse 13, for the Lord has comforted his people and he will have compassion on the afflicted. What a promise, hey? These are more beautiful words 
and promises that God spoke over the people of Israel, the restoration of Israel. What a promise that is to hear. And surely if you heard that, you would be getting excited, right? You would be full of hope for the future. Looking forward to what was the next verse, it says, but But let's hear the people's response in Isaiah 49. The next verse, it says, But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. That was their response to everything that God had been saying. They couldn't see the the broader picture. And man, how often are we like that? God seriously proved his love to us by sending his son to die on the cross for us. We have experienced his love and grace and mercy. And yet how often can we say, oh, but God, I think you've forgotten me. You've forsaken me. You know, something doesn't go the way that that you want or around you. Maybe you do see trouble and you are in pain and we can think, oh, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. This is what these people felt. But we need to read what God says in response to that this morning. He says, can a woman forget her nursing child? that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb. Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you in the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. God says, I will not forget you. I have engraved you in the palm of my hands. They are some chain-breaking words right there. How do we know that God won't forget us? Number one, He said it. Number two, He proved it. When He allowed the, the nails to go through His hands on the cross, leaving permanent scars in His hands as he, as he breathed His last breath, died, was buried and rose again so that we might know Him every time He sees His palms. He remembers you with love. He remembers you. He loves How could He ever forget you? How could he ever forget his people? As with the Israelites, there was something that God needed to do to win us back to him. Our sin separated us from God and from his presence. So he needed to draw us back. And that wasn't sending a war or captivity. It was sending his son, Jesus Christ, to set us free from captivity, to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and grace. Remember when Pastor Josh spoke, he shared that the next words on this page were to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God. But Jesus cut it off. He didn't say that because that vengeance was not what God delivered to us through Jesus. It was what God delivered to Jesus. Jesus took the vengeance so that we could have the grace of God. He is so good. 
He has inscribed us in the palms of His hands. How could He ever forget us? How could He ever get you off of His mind? He is obsessed with you. You need to know that this morning. He is obsessed with you. You must believe that you are favoured and not forgotten. Just last week, I was spending a week with my parents to kind of get out of a, um, a bit of a COVID household. We had a few, few girls with the old, the old coronavirus. Um, and so I thought probably safe to head out. And so I was dri- doing these drives. Obviously, I'm, I'm working here at the church and I was doing things in Murray Bridge. And so I was driving back and forth. And on one of these drives, I was thinking about, you know, my safety. Cars are scary things. Obviously, sometimes you can forget things when you're in a car and... Anyway, um, <laughs> and um, anyway, I was, I was driving along the freeway in my little beat-up VW, pottering over the hills, and um, I just remembered, oh, you know what? It's okay. I'm, I'm really glad because when, when Brooke and I started dating, we turned on locations on our phones. If you've got an iPhone, you can do that. Um, maybe other phones. I don't know. Who really cares about other phones? No, that's all right. <laughs> Anyway, we turned on our locations, which means that we could always see where each other are at. That sounds really stalkery, doesn't it? But it's good. It means, you know, when Brock's driving back from uni, I can make sure that he gets home safe. And, and so I was, as I was driving, I was like, oh, yeah, that's good. And, and also I remembered that um, I turned on the locations for my dad because he's like this big kind of protective dad. And every time I would leave Nan, he would be texting me saying, are you home safe? Like, are you okay? Um, so I was like, all right will cut out that conversation and he can just check and see that I'm okay. And so I was kind of in the middle mark between Murray Bridge and Nan and I just thought, oh, this is so nice. You know, I've got people looking out for me. I'm sure they're not looking at the maps 24-7, but, you know, they, they can. They, they can see me. They can see where I'm at. And I know it sounds a little bit funny, but I just had a real moment with God when I was in my car because I felt like God said, hey, you know, I see you too. Uh, my location is on for you, you could say. And I just, I just felt the eyes of my heavenly father on me and this protection around me. I was just so aware that, that God was just with me, that he could see me in my beat up blue VW going over the hills, that he can see me right now where I am, that he can see you right now sitting in your chair. He is so aware of you. He is so aware of the thoughts going through your mind of the anxieties on your heart, of of pain that you might be experiencing. If you feel like, yeah, you are in a little bit of that captivity, if you're feeling like you're forgotten, God is so aware of you. He knows you. He sees you. He loves you. We're going to read this morning Psalm 139, if I can have the band up. It says, You have searched me, Lord. And you know me. If you want, you can even close your eyes as I read these, these words and just really let it, really let God speak to you from this passage. I'm sure many of you know it, but it is such a beautiful verse and I'm going to read it as the band comes and joins me. It says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, me, too lofty for me to attain. 
where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for the darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in that secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I am awake, I am still with you. How rich is that verse. You are favoured. You are favoured. You are favoured. You are favoured and not Forgotten, God says, I will not forget you. I will not forget you. I have engraved you in the palm of my hands. And going back to the Israelites once more, imagine if after those 70 years, when they received the call to go back to their land, imagine if they said, oh, nah, I prefer to stay here in captivity. I prefer to stay here in my chains. Oh, I would prefer to stay here in a foreign land without you, God. Imagine how sad that would have been if they did not accept the call of God to come back to Him. And it's the same for us. Imagine if we heard this news of God's grace and favour, that He loves us enough to die for us if we don't come running to Him, if we don't come running and accept and believe the words that He's spoken over us, that we are favoured by Him that we are favoured, that we are loved. This morning, God is calling each of us to shake off chains of disbelief and to grasp with all our might to the truth of God. Sometimes believing the truth of God can actually be hard work. Sometimes it can actually take effort to not just give in to the whims of our minds saying, oh, but my situation's like this and I'm experiencing pain and I'm feeling like this. We have to sometimes actually put in a little bit of work to believe the work that Christ has done for us. You hear me this morning saying that you are favoured and not forgotten, but maybe all you feel is forgotten. Maybe all you feel is alone. Maybe you still feel unappreciated, unsure about all these good plans that God has for you. As we know, that is the response that Zion had. But Jesus says here in John 6, when the crowd asked Him, what must we do? What must we do to do the works God requires? To do the works that God requires. They want to know. He says, the work of God is this to believe in the one whom He has sent, to believe 
in me. That is all that God requires of us is to simply believe. But we know sometimes it can feel like a bit of work, which means that we don't just go along with our thoughts and our feelings, but we stand on the Word of God and say, no, my God says that He loves me. My God proved that He loved me. He has engraved me in the palms of His hands. I look at Him and I know that I am favoured and not forgotten. And I can stand upon that. I can stand upon the Word of God and the sacrifice that my Jesus has made for me. Will you stand with me this morning? If you're feeling forgotten, maybe it's showing that you've forgotten, that you're favoured and not forgotten. Isaiah 49, I will not forget you. 2 Corinthians 6, 1-2. This is Paul quoting one of the verses we read. As God's co-workers, we urge you to not receive God's grace in vain. For He says, in the time of my favour, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you now is the time of God's favour. Now is the time of salvation. Now is the day of salvation. We are favoured and not forgotten. This morning, we need to gaze upon Jesus and put as much effort as we need to throw aside distractions and to look at the face of our Father who smiles at us with so much love, grace, mercy that is new every single morning. Last verse for this morning, John 20 verse 27. Jesus says to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And this morning, I feel that every single one of us in some capacity need to stop doubting and believe. Will you close your eyes? And I wanna give a moment for anyone who has never believed and accepted that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Saviour, that He loves them enough to engrave you into the palms of His hands. And you wanna say this morning, I wanna become a follower of Jesus. I wanna let Him into my heart. I wanna model my life after Him and become a Christian with no one looking around. Could you pop your hand up to the air just as a sign to God saying, yeah, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus this morning and we're just going to pray real quickly. I'm not going to call you out the front or get you to do anything. I just want you to put your hand up as a sign to God. I'll give you a few moments right now. If there's anyone who's saying, yes, that's me, will you just slip a hand up in the air? Or online as well, if, if that's you this morning, God sees that. We'll give a bit more of a moment. And right now, I'm just going to pray. And if that's you, if you're, if you're praying this as well for the first time, yeah, I see that hand. Praise God. He sees you. He loves you. We're going to pray this together. I see that hand as well. Praise God. That is the best decision that you will ever make. We're going to pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you that You favour me. I know that I am a sinner and I have made mistakes, but I accept Your forgiveness, Your love and Your grace. Come into my heart this morning. I receive You in Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. Amen. Can we please put our hands together for the people who just prayed that for the first time? That is 
the best decision. And if that was you, please come and find me or come and chat with someone at the Connect Point. Now for the rest of us, I'm not going to let you off the hook because I really think that that if we really get this into our souls, man, our lives are going to be changed forevermore. We always need to remember that we are favoured and not forgotten. Like, like Jesus says to Thomas, stop doubting and believe. So will you reach out your hands before you? like Thomas did before Jesus. And we're going to pray together this this kind of humble prayer of saying, Lord, I believe. Lord, I accept. Do you know what? Can you pray it after me? Lord Jesus, I believe You died for me. I accept Your grace. I accept Your favour. Let me live according to Your favour and grace. Swing in our hearts right now. Lord, we thank You that You are transforming us from the inside out to know, Lord, from the bottom of our hearts that we are favoured and not forgotten, Lord, that You have engraved us in the palm of Your hands, that You have done the work for us to know You and have relationship with You, to live free from bondage and free from captivity, no matter where we find ourselves, in prison, in, in pain, in heartache, in heartbreak, Lord, that we can walk in favour and grace. Lord, we give You all the glory this morning as we worship You and pour out our hearts to You. In Jesus' mighty Name, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Beck. Let's, let's worship this morning. Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info at life.house or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at Lifehouse. God's house, our home.